I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Holiday bonus edition. <laughs> <laughs> I always love the bonus edition. I'm always excited for it. One time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you and I'm going to also say bonus edition. <laughs> <laughs> I, I okay. like to sometimes add effects when I uh, end up editing it later because it's just fun to mix it up. Oh, really? I don't think I realized that you did that. I listened to them, though. <laughs> I wonder if there's ever been a time that I've done it after you listened to it already the first time. Like last oh, month, yeah. I definitely added some weird sci-fi sounding effects to it. That's fun. <laughs> At some point. I don't remember if I ever told you about that. <laughs> well, I wholeheartedly approve. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, I'm excited to get into some listener questions. I love Q&R episodes. Yes, let's do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, this question's from our very inquisitive great friend, Stephen H. And he asks another super good question, which I think is great because I think he has asked most of the super glue related questions, actually. <laughs> but he asked, could you explain why scuffing up a smooth surface helps the glue, super glue, stick to it better? I suspect that is because there's greater surface area. Mm. And so there's more places where there's moisture sitting on there and the polymer can form. That's my suspicion. Okay, interesting. Nice. But I did not look into that at all. That was my very brief suspicion is that scuffing something up, those scratches mean there's more surface area because you're putting a scratch into it. So instead of just a flat surface, there's now more area. Mm. Mm. Nice. Okay, cool. Dang simple, but that makes sense. I know. I don't have a lot of extra to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) So two of our listeners, Nikki and Anthony, wrote in to tell us about an update on the plastics enzyme. Do you want to explain what they shared with us, Melissa? Yeah, so I was really excited when I saw this. It actually came out just a week or two after we put out our last plastics episode, and I've been meaning to... Um, talk about it. So I'm glad Mm. they wrote in, but actually the bacteria that we talked about that had developed an enzyme that could break down plastic, some forms of plastic that they used in making bottles Mm -hmm. that they found outside a bottling plant in Japan. Uh uh So we had talked about how, Oh, my next thought would be let's isolate that enzyme and see how it breaks down plastic. And they did that. And they found that it did break down plastic pretty slowly but if you paired it with another enzyme that broke down, I think the the byproducts that were produced from the first enzyme, mm-hmm. it broke everything down much more quickly. And so they huh. did isolate those two enzymes and they're using it right now to break down plastic, but it needs to be tweaked and scaled up a little bit more until it's available for, for commercial use. But that is... There was more to that. So we got to see the science from that build on itself. So I've included a link to some of those articles and to a yale.edu article about the science article in case it's a little too dense in our references. So you can go and check those out. But I think that is really cool. I was really excited to see that what we talked about was already coming into fruition because we're a few years behind, you know, so that was really exciting. Nice. Dang, that's awesome. Already cool things happening. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So Anthony also wrote in and he said that what he imagined for the diapers polymer 
is called a Hoberman's sphere. So the Hoberman sphere is those, if you're a, have a kid or were a kid, you probably remember <laughs> they have those. It's something that when it's condensed down, it's a tightly collapsed ball and then you can spread it out to make a big ball. You know, it's like a spiky ball oh, when it's little and then it expands to make a big ball. Yeah. It's made out of those like little plastic things that kind of like our joints mm-hmm. together. Yes, mm-hmm. totally. Totally. You can, you can type Hoberman's sphere into Google and a Hoberman sphere will come up and you, you'll be able to see it. So it's just one that collapses and expands back out. Hoberman sphere. I never knew what those were called. I definitely had one of those as a kid. Very cool. Super fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, that's a pretty good explanation because it does, it is still the polymer, Mm -hmm. but instead of being so tightly linked, it's much bigger Mm -hmm. for it to, or more gel like, you know, the texture changes Mm-hmm. So it can contain the water, but it still is a polymer. Yeah. I think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, that was a good visual representation. So I wanted to share that. This next question is from Kai on Instagram. They sent us a picture on Instagram of a celery leaf that had been sitting in bleach. What was going on there, Melissa? Yeah, so Kai is a PhD student in Brazil. I actually asked what he was studying and he didn't reply. So he just sent a picture. It was really cool. It was a celery leaf that had been sitting in bleach for a while. Mm-hmm. And most of the color was gone, which that in itself is a demonstration of the How Bleach Destroys Color mm-hmm. episode. And it more quickly destroyed the green than the yellow. So there was more yellow pigmentation left in the leaf than green which also shows how there's yellow and green present in leaves all the time Mm -hmm. and that the green will break down faster so i thought that that was really cool is a representation he said is a representation of two episodes in one picture and i thought that was really cool so i wanted to share about it and we'll um see if he can post it so we can reshare it on instagram that's really cool yeah we definitely should share that this question is from nima k they asked have you thought of making online chemistry courses? This is a great question. I actually have thought about it. Jam and I have talked some about other stuff we could put on YouTube. And originally I was thinking I might make videos for my organic chemistry classes and put them on YouTube, but I just have never gotten around to it because I'm a graduate student and (laughs) I do this podcast in addition to being a graduate student and I've got my research and my teaching responsibilities And I also have a life with friends, you know, so (laughs) it's kind of hard to manage your work and your friends and being healthy and working out and all that and doing extra stuff. So I'm hoping that once I graduate, I'm planning on moving into the teaching sphere, at least for a little while. And maybe I can make some videos at that time. Nice. Okay. Next question is also from Nima. And they asked, Mel, are you pursuing any field of art? That was a good question. I think they only asked me, Jam, probably because um, they hate you. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So that makes sense, though, too. That's what um, I assumed also. So <laughs> I was thinking it might be because your work already is art with video and digital and all of that. Right. So, but I was going to maybe say, I'd like to hear if you're pursuing any field of art outside of what you already do. But my answer is pretty much no. The only thing I do that's very artistic is making cakes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty artistic. And 
I guess ice skating is kind of like an art, yeah. but not the way I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet, but it is really beautiful and can be very artistic. And and we're trying to, you know, make routines and stuff. Yeah. It's more like a dance. So right, right, right. that is pretty fun. That makes it kind of more of an art form. But those are my two biggest forms of art, I think. I don't do much other art. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think... I'm afraid I'm going to say, say something and then later be like, oh man, the more obvious answer would have been this instead. But I know I was trying to think about that too. Yeah. I think that the first answer I could give is that I, the main thing I do that really is for my own self and doesn't have anything to do with my work is uh, analog film photography. Mm. I really enjoy that. I don't just do like tons of it either, but it's something that I, when I have time to put into, I really like doing that. And it's not for anything or anyone else other than myself. I think that kind yeah. of answers the question a little bit. I love music. I play a little bit of music, but just don't do it nearly as much as I used to. So mm-hmm. at a different time in my life, that might've been my main answer, but it can't really be anymore. I definitely do some design stuff for fun sometimes, but mm-hmm. that doesn't happen as often as it used to. But every time I just get yeah. a little bit of an idea. Um, and wanted to make a little design of something. I used to do way more drawing and stuff too, but I don't do that anymore. So slowly my possible answers have, have decreased over time. <laughs> yeah. I used to do a lot of artwork when I was younger. I always wanted an art set, add modeling kits and stuff. But I think now that's mostly expresses itself in doing chemistry can be very artistic. This synthetic organic stuff was really beautiful and felt very creative but I think mostly now the art that I do is in my cake making. I try to make things really beautiful and try different things out. Mm-hmm. And I modeled all those vegetables out of fondant. Yeah. Which reminds me, I was going to post that picture online. Oh, nice. So I think those are some of my art pursuits. Nice. That was a fun question. Following on that theme of fun questions, we've got a question from Chels. She asked, what are each of your favorite holiday movies? Oh, that's such a good one. But also I don't have an answer. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I, I love holiday movies. I love kind of those cheesy, trashy ones. That's basically just a rom-com, but it's in a holiday setting because mm-hmm. my mom and I would watch those together a lot, <laughs> I think. And I love the Charlie Brown Christmas movie. I like White Christmas, Christmas in Connecticut. I kind of, I do all the Christmas movies. I'm, I'm here for all of Mm. them. So there wasn't one that was really jumping out at me. So I figured, I decided I was going to tell this story instead. Okay. So last year, I think it was last year. It might've been 2018, but one of the last two Christmases I spent with my mom, Mm -hmm. she recorded a movie called The Shoe Addicts Christmas on the Hallmark Channel. It was like just your typical ridiculous Christmas movie, but she recorded it with me because she thought I'd like it. Uh And I went to her house, watched it with her and it was just a fun day. And I found it on sale at Target for $6 or something. And so I got it and I'm really excited to watch it. Nice. Nice. This year. So that I have already watched a Charlie Brown Christmas. I watched a Christmas inheritance on Netflix already. I am in on the Christmas movies. I'm, I love to cash in on those. Nice. This is a tough question. It's hard to pick a fave. I think one, two movies of note that are kind of recent, like holiday and or Christmas movies that 
I liked. The other day we watched the Christmas Chronicles, the first one. Oh, I've never seen that. There's two, apparently, and I didn't know about them, and it's on Netflix. The first one I really liked. Oh, and good. I even just put it on, and I was doing something else, and then I ended up getting sucked into it. <laughs> and Nice. Yeah, so that was good. And then I also, last year, watched an animated Christmas movie called Klaus mm-hmm. that was really cool. And nice. I thought that one deserves some recognition. I think in terms of like dear to me Christmas movies that I really get a kick out of watching over and over and over. So ever since I was a kid um, is Christmas vacation. That's a classic one. That's mm, not, I do not like that one. <laughs> that, that's not, you know, that's not great for all audiences. So don't, don't go watching that one, depending on your age, ask your parents first, but for whatever reason, my parents let us watch that pretty young. And so I've always loved it. I love classic, you know, 80s, 90s Chevy Chase. And so it <laughs> hits all those, all those boxes for me. But it's, it's a weird movie. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily the uplifting, like inspiring, uh, get together, share kind of Christmas movie that some other movies are. Right. I do also love, speaking of nostalgia, those stop motion Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. the Year Without a Santa Claus, the Rudolph, the Frosty. I love all those. And mm-hmm. the original cartoon, How the Grinch Stole Christmas yeah. was one too that I really liked. Yep. Yep. And, and Home know, Alone. Oh, yes. Home Alone. Love Home Alone. I don't care about Home Alone 2 or 3, though. Everybody tries to get me to. Yeah. You're wrong about Home Alone 2. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I think because I watched it as an adult. And it yeah. seemed like the violence was so much more intense. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that they wouldn't be seriously injured from it. I didn't. I, yeah. I just kept thinking, I wouldn't want my kid to watch this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense, but both of them are like that to watch them as an adult. Like, and yeah. Home Alone ones where he steps straight on a nail. Oh, That's yeah. a number one. And I'm like, oh man, they're both pretty violent. Like as a yeah. kid, it isn't, <laughs> you don't fill in the blanks with like what that's actually like to step on a nail. You're just like, oh, yeah. ouchies, that would hurt. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> as an adult, you're like, oh man, I've seen what those injuries are like. And that's yeah, messed up. Not pretty. Yeah. I also, this is so random, but at the end of our, how the Grinch stole Christmas VHS, uh-huh. there was a Dr. Seuss video about it was called If I Owned the Zoo uh-huh. by Joseph McGrew. And it's just a little boy talking about all these crazy Dr. Seuss-esque animals that he would bring in. Uh-huh. And I want that on DVD so bad. I have never <laughs> been able to really find it. I haven't looked super hard, but I've looked for it and not yeah. there's nothing obvious has jumped out. So we would watch that at Christmas time, even though it wasn't a Christmas movie because it was after our Grinch VHS. Mm. So. Right. That that's kind of a weird one that I associate with Christmas, but I think those are some of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah. You know, Disney had that one about the elf with Anna Kendrick, Noel, that just came out I last didn't year, I think. See that one, but does that have Bill Hader in it? I don't know who that is. I just know Anna Kendrick is in it, but it was pretty good. I like. If he's that in one it, too. I think he might be the brother. If he's in it, then I will watch it. But I, Let me look I real quick. I can't remember for sure. No offense, Anna Kendrick, but. Um, it has cast. It's about Noel Kringle. Bill Hader. Yep, sure does. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll watch it. Great. Well, that was a good question, Charles. Yeah, we had a lot of answers. Sorry that we didn't give you one definitive, but there you go. We just talked about all the moves that we love. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and the last thing we want to do is not really a question, but just to give 
a shout out to lots of you guys who tagged us in your stories with your Spotify end of year stuff, end of like 2020 wrap up for your Spotify. Mm -hmm. And it tells you about your podcast stuff too. And a lot of you guys tagged us because you listened to a lot of chemistry for your life in 2020. That was really cool. I was not expecting that when I got onto Instagram that day and I was really (laughs) excited and especially Chloe, she sent us a screenshot that she listened to 14 episodes in one day, which is amazing to me, <laughs> Chloe. <Jeez. laughs> you must have learned so much. And she also said that because of the show, she's changed her specialism from biology to chemistry to become a teacher in the UK. And that just really nice. made my whole day. It made me tear up a little. It was just a special message. And I've just been there when you're at the burnout and you don't remember why you love chemistry or you're kind of maybe not appreciating what you're doing as much and you get really excited about something and uh-huh. it's just a really good feeling. And so, and, and someone else, uh, Charles also mentioned that, that she was feeling the burnout and it sort of switched her back on to remembering why she loved chemistry. And so mm. those were just really sweet messages and, I'm just really thankful to you guys, our listeners. We could not do this without y'all. And that was just this sort of special, sweet, unexpected gift. Yeah, that's awesome. And we're thankful for all you guys, even if some of you guys aren't quite at the level of listening to 14 in one day. um, (laughs) That's okay. We're still appreciating you a lot. So this episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Declini and Jam Robinson. And we'd like to give a special thanks to E. Robinson, who reviewed this episode. Thank you.